720 WGN. Hello, it's Amy Guth and Rex Huffy in for John Williams today. We're with you till 3 o'clock. That's a jumpy little song you got going there, Ella. That's a good one. Thank you for that one. <laughs> going to stand up and start doing the Charleston one. <laughs> As well you should, Hucky. I like it. <laughs> As it's I'm like, known to do. I dare you to listen to this song and not dance, is what I say about that. All right. So, um, let me be Captain Obvious for a minute and say it is snowing for the first time of the season. But here's why I need to announce that. Because as we do every year, Rex, <laughs> people go, oh my God, and they freak out about the snow and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to drive and they don't know how to walk around in the snow, but they also don't know how to um, shovel their sidewalks. What is this white substance falling from the sky? Cocaine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I almost wiped out like twice on the way here because there wasn't, you know, sidewalk shoveling happened. Yeah, yeah. And so I passed one guy uh, on the way to the bus stop and it was, um, you know, like a, an area of the sidewalk that no one had shoveled yet. And we both kind of wobbled our way through it. We were going two different directions and the guy was like, we should call 311 on these people. <laughs> Yeah, citizens. I was like, or we could just like shovel it ourselves. Yeah, scoot it with your boot. I mean, it's like a half inch of snow <laughs> right. at this point. I mean, I mean, there's a little bit of like, there's some ice happening and there are some slippery spots. Interestingly, on Michigan Avenue out here, there's a couple of areas where the storefront is closed. Like the Apple store moved. It's no longer oh, right. that far right. north on Michigan Avenue. Now it's right behind us uh, here behind Tribune Tower. Um, and so that area where the Apple store was, nobody's touched that, like nobody cares. And so everybody's slipping and sliding over that one. But it's like, guys, the trade-off for living this beautiful, wonderful city is that we have some weather we got to deal with sometimes. And it shouldn't surprise us. No, not at all. I love it. Frankly, I love it. I'm glad to see a little snow this early. Oh, that's right. You're right. I think it's fun. Yeah, I like snow. I don't like it. I grew up in Florida, but I, but I hate heat. I'm a conundrum. (laughs) And then there's my favorite people, though. When when the snow starts, there's the people, I call them Canadians, that that are totally unfazed. So I saw a woman in, like, little open-toed, kind of sandal-like shoes today. It's very cold. Like, whether, yeah. whether or not you can deal with all the snow. It's quite cold today. It's, I think, in the 20s or something. It's freezing. Um, and so this woman is walking with these open-toed shoes and, like, capri pants. Just hasn't made the switch yet. Yeah, I was like, what What are you... Canadian. Yeah. Canadian. Crazy Canadians. Although I am, I'm also that guy. I'm the I was going to say, you're not Canadian. I'm, I'm the, no, I'm not Canadian, but I'm the, the idiot walking around in shorts right up until there's any snow and even slightly after sometimes. So. Okay, people like that fascinate me. And I promise you we're going to get to something way smarter in a minute than shorts and parkas. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, no, I have a friend that way who just doesn't like, like he, he's just a shorts guy. He just doesn't like to wear long pants. And so he'll wear like snow boots, shorts, and a parka. Yeah. He just can't argue Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I'll be like outside with, you know, like some Timberlands on and shorts. I know, I know. It's bad. I knew. I realized That's at one point. That's why you point, talk about your calves all the time yes. on Twitter. <laughs> you know, I just don't like to shut the show down too early. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotta let the world. Got to let the world keep seeing the. I was saying, yeah. The finish that calves. sentence. What are you going to let the world see? <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later too. Uh, right now, we have Dave on the phone. Hi, Dave. You're on WGN. Yeah, he's talking about the first snow, but back in 67, I had an uncle living in Cicero, and he uh, used to put the chair out like everybody else does, save your space. Yeah. He dug it out, took the car out from the alley to put it in space. One of the neighbors parked it in his space. He just dug out in front of his house. 
So he filled it all back in with a shovel, got the uh, hose out of the garage, hooked it up to the kitchen sink and filled it with water. <laughs> Next morning, there were four inches of solid ice around his tires. <gasps> that is a... That is a... He's not playing around. He had to around. use a pickaxe to get it out of, his, uh, <laughs> wow. out of the spot. So. I like a good revenge story. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice. good one. Wow. Yeah. Thanks so much for the call, Dave. Have a great day. All right. <laughs> wow. So I, that I want to bring up, too, because immediately, immediately... Like, Early this morning, there was lawn chair stuff, lawn furniture out in the street before the snow even started. Yeah, people were like, mine, don't touch my parking spot. I was like, there's nothing to dig yet. What are you doing? Right. This is a territorial city sometimes. Are you pro-dibs or no, do, you, I, do you not want to weigh in? Pro or con? How do you feel about dibs? I'll tell you what. This is how I feel about dibs is that I just get really sick of it because I'm like, I don't care. You know, I, I, generally speaking, I think it's fine if you, you, know, you got your spot dug out, put your stuff there, although... Technically, that's not really how it works. I mean, you're not, you know, it's not your You don't <laughs> own the street. Right. I mean, you don't have, I mean, you have to, you know, there's places where you have to call your car in at night and all kinds of different, I don't know. So, I I don't know where I stand on dibs. Like I just, it just, call anno- your car in. It just what? annoys me. Um, Is that what you said? Call your Well, no, in some part, like in some parts of the suburbs and stuff where like you can't even park in front of your own house oh, right, right, like right, at right. night. So, I mean, nobody owns that part of the road. Sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, even in places where there aren't dib concerns. But yeah, I I don't know why it dibs. It's one of those Chicago things that Chicagoans love to talk about. I'm not a native Chicagoan, and every time I hear about it, I just kind of go, "Oh God, here we go again." Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a native Chicagoan either. And here's the thing, Rex, you and I both um, we we both grew up south of the Mason Dixon line. Correct. So to me, dibs is like this like trailer park junkyard to mm-hmm. me, right? It right. just looks so junky and crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. First time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? That happens here too. <laughs> Is this a yard sale? Yeah, I mean, it just like, it looks unkempt to me, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, some people get kind of clever about it, particularly around like Christmas time. People will put like a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and holiday lights. I saw one year somebody sculpted a Thanksgiving dinner and put a picnic table and like sculpted a turkey and all kind of crazy stuff on there. And, like, snow people having a Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, to have that kind of time. I know. I was <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> did you want to hang out or something? You yes. were really bored. <laughs> right. Oh, to have that kind of time. My indeed. goodness. So some people get, like, kind of creative and, you know, yeah. celebratory about it. Yeah, but, like, I, I, don't, I don't feel resentful of clearing out a parking spot for somebody. Yeah. I don't currently drive anymore, but I, I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to drive. I used to have a car. I mean, I drive, but I don't have a car. So when I did have a car, I don't. it didn't bother me. Like, my neighbors and I all just sort of like... Right. I mean, if... Hey, if it's it, snowing. I got it. If everybody clears their spot, then all of the spots will be cleared, right? I mean... Just, just, just clear your spot and go on. Yeah. Also, it seems like a lot of effort. And you're kind of reserving a spot, too. That's what I never got, because, like, during the... You don't do that when it's not snowing. Right. I mean, you're basically saying I'm going to I'm reserving I the, the effort of this spot. Right. And I want to be able to park here again when I get home. Well, you can't do that any other time of year, regardless. Of, I, let's try. I, I never quite. Let's got just it. try. Let's just let's just see if we can get people to start doing dibs like in July. See what happens. <laughs> yes. Or maybe let's just start driving around and gathering up all the lawn chairs they put down and then reselling <laughs> them. Have like a big this could be our path to <laughs> path to retirement. Guth and Hucky's lawn chair porium. Yeah. <laughs> you gently use yes. the lawn chair porium. Dibs Weather chairs. resistant <laughs> chairs. Or maybe we sell them back to people who want to proclaim dibs. Be like, Hey, you need a dibs chair? Here, we pick these three up over on this block. Because we could them. apply dibs to dibs and say like a finder's keeper saying, Hey, you left it in a public area, yeah, it exactly. is the street. That is my chair. I mean now. we would be stealing. And also, I cannot believe callers are not blowing up the phone right now because usually if you – it is like a known thing at WGM Radio. If you even say the word dibs, 
calls immediately will be like, don't you dare. And some people are like, you must. We must all do dibs. People perhaps are not worried about dibs this year. Maybe so. Maybe. Um, they're on to loftier things yeah. like um, sex scandals. Yeah, there you go. Plenty of those <laughs> going around. Public officials. <laughs> A tiring political climate, all yes. things like that. We're going to get into all that good stuff here in just a bit. Amy Guth, Rex Hupke, in for John Williams, back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. <laughs> 720 WGN. It's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke. And Hupke's going to sing along for you for a minute. So enjoy that. It's it's bump music karaoke time in Hupke's mind. No extra charge for this, folks. <laughs> We're going to be here till three. Good times, people. You know what? This song, uh, I mean, I always think of the video for this song. The, the Devo song with the cool little Lego hats. But there is a, uh, a pet shop or a pet shop, like a... a like a pets, not pet store, but a pet supply store mm-hmm. in uh, kind of like Wicker Park, Bucktown area. And they have a very clever chalkboard signs and they drew a little, like a whip it dog. Oh, right. And so they a were like whip it. And mm-hmm. then there was one with a Devo hat that said whip it good. <laughs> <laughs> good whip it. <laughs> right. <laughs> very clever with the signs over there. So, I love dog humor. Well, um, so some of you might uh, be familiar with some of our work at Guth and Hupke on politics because we take on the, you know, I mean, it's really... We take on the political stories of the day, but it's really our own therapy hour. Yes. Because there's a lot of, um, you know, no matter how you voted, I think we can all agree it's a stressful time politically because there's a lot of, it's a contentious time. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and, or do you disagree? No. Or you're saying, <laughs> just, just to put it mildly, yes, you're to saying. put it, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, as in, oh my God, yes. Like, contentious? Yeah. Sure. So it seems like, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Rex, but I, I, I have an idea. And I feel like for the past year, every time we're almost down to the bottom of one story, a new one has popped up in its place. It's yeah. been like a news-consuming game of whack-a-mole yes. in the last year, right? It's a avalanche of horribleness is what it feels like (laughs) (laughs) so there's a little colorful language on the podcast because it's not broadcast on the air it goes right to the website so Guth and Hupke on politics you can find that at WGN plus on on the WGN plus app and all that good stuff Um, but the thing is we do that show weekly we don't Mm -hmm. do it daily we could do it twice a day we could and have plenty to do yeah and it would still get old fast because of the way things (laughs) are going the rate is just unbelievable sometimes like you know it takes the producer somebody's like couple hours in the afternoon because because there's a lot to do yeah uh to turn it turn it around and get it posted and sometimes by then there's a new thing yep that's where we are folks yeah and again and you're right it doesn't matter what your political leaning that we are in a new frighteningly fast news cycles we are. nowadays true um so that's which fun. we're going to talk about twitter in a minute because i have some grievances to air oh sure as if it is we do, we need to have the airing of grievances Festivus is coming up. Yeah, it's a bit early, but you can start now. But Twitter is doing some weird things lately that we need to discuss that. We're going to discuss that in a minute. But but right now, I want to have a little bit of politicking Mm -hmm. here. Um, Let us talk about Roy Moore for a moment. Yes, he is the Republican uh, nominee for Senate, U.S. Senate in Alabama. And uh, the Washington Post yesterday broke a uh, huge story in which uh, a woman now is saying that when she was 14 years old he initiated a sexual encounter with her he was in his 30s he was in his 30s correct 
they have stories from three other women who say that they were between the ages of 16 and 18, also around the same time, and he was pursuing them. Now, obviously, it's pretty, I mean, the Washington Post story is, is very, very well reported. And they document, sure. they document very carefully how they came onto these stories. They vetted the individuals very thoroughly, including detailing certain elements of, especially the, the, the woman who was 14 at the time, about her difficult life and you know things that have happened to her. Um, and it's, as far as a story like this goes, and these are, these are incredibly hard stories for any news organization to tell sure. because you have to be as, as right as you, you know, possibly can be. And it goes through a million lawyers and there's a lot to it. But it's, it's tight. I mean, the story is very, very uh, well documented. And that does not mean uh, that the allegations are, are true. It just means that... Or not true. It's a... Right. It's exactly. Just, yeah. It just it's means presented. that... It, it's presented. Right. Exactly. The fact of the matter is, here, here are these women, and this is what they say, and this is what, this is, what is being said right now. Yes. And it's, uh, it's you know, a 14-year-old and a 30-year-old. And, and what's been bizarre, I think, since then is the reaction from some people in the Republican Party, which has Agreed. which has come very close at times to trying, especially among people in Alabama, lawmakers in Alabama and other public officials, trying to basically say, well, you know, she was 14, but it was no big deal. Uh, I mean, somebody was even like trying to say, well, in biblical times, we're talking uh, about teenagers. I'll, yeah, I'll read you that exact quote. Alabama State Auditor Jim Ziegler told the Washington Examiner, take Joseph and Mary. Mary was a teenager and Joseph was an adult carpenter. Okay. They became parents of Jesus. Okay. There's just nothing immoral or illegal here. Maybe just a bit unusual. Well, Whoa! Okay, stop. <laughs> Let's put the brakes on there, Ziegler. <laughs> right. <'Cause>, Hold up. <laughs> number one, I mean, it's all it, atrocious, right? But, but also, it, it is the law of the land yes. in our current time that if, if you are in your 30s and you have any sort of sexual activity happening with someone who is a teenager mm-hmm. that is in fact illegal and it was also the law of the land at the time this so allegedly you... happened so you know, right there hasn't been a big sea change in that regard right so so there's that yes so let let's hold on with that one right <laughs> let's just put, stick a pin in that yeah put a pin on that one for a minute and let's just talk about the the legal part of that yeah okay then Mary was a virgin, so the whole story that you're putting out there about Joseph and Mary and some fooling around or whatever, just come on. I mean, it just is ridiculous. This is ridiculous on a million different levels, and we can't be... Look, if the the truth of the matter is this. If this this comes out that this, in fact, did occur, as the the women said that it did, uh, then, then the law was broken. Yes. There, there's really no reason to drag a manger into this. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, exactly. like let's, uh, no offense to mangers. I'm just, no. I'm just saying, there, yes. that, you know, there, that like, there have been plenty of, of, you know, men in, in great, you know, positions of power or fame, things like that, that have like done things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, yeah. we see that with, w- there's a lot of scandals happening right now. We got to take a break. We got to go to news and all that good stuff. But, but like, there's a lot of scandals right now. This one in particular, this is a little bit different because yeah. we're talking about an office holder. We're talking about underage we're mm-hmm. women, you know, we're talking about a lot of different yeah. other things. But it ties in with the whole avalanche right now of, of, of women coming forward and reporting 
right. horrible actions by men in celebrity circles, media circles, politics, you name it. And, and um, it's a, I think it's a moment right now. It is a moment. Yeah. Um, a caller um, uh, who, who didn't make it to air, I don't know, it sounds like we got disconnected, but uh, a caller said that, uh, pointed out that Jerry Lee Lewis had a wife who was a teenager. Absolutely. Yeah. Like certainly married and 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 that too was a scandal, mm-hmm. you know. I think I don't remember her exact age, yeah. but I remember her being quite young. Mm-hmm. I think she was. I think I want to say fifteen, but she could have been a little bit younger than that even. And he was much older. Yeah. Indeed. Interestingly, though, there there were some states even until fairly not that long ago, mm-hmm. right? Like fairly recently, where a marriage age was different than a just a consensual right uh-huh. sexual activity age yeah like you could get married at 14 but you could but it could st- still be statutory rape to just have a sexual relationship with mm-hmm. that person oh boy we got so much to fix yuck so yeah so there's that <laughs> right and, and for the record i don't care what jerry lee lewis ever did it doesn't have any bearing on what anybody else does right yeah. S- still yeah. here's another example i think of, a, of an older man with a you know a very young woman a man in a position of power mm-hmm. yeah. and visibility um you know I, we got to go to break but uh i do want to point out that that cnn just about like an hour and a half ago posted a story um uh and it wasn't an opinion piece it was just kind of looking at looking at some facts that that it, it it's not necessarily just some like pre-polling uh, anecdotal stuff suggests that he still it, it might this might not impact things for Roy Moore. Oh yeah, he could win. This, this still right. could this still could be a winning thing for him yeah. despite these allegations. So that's a story we're going to keep an eye on. But we're going to take a break. We're going to get you to news, all that good stuff. Back in just a bit. Amy Guth and Rex Hufke in for John Williams here on seven twenty WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Hello there. It's Amy Youth and Rex Hupke. You're here with you till three o'clock. Hope you're staying warm and well, I was gonna say dry, but eh, it's sort of snowing still. We're gonna keep checking in upstairs and get you the latest as this weather continues to move through the area. But it's here. It's official. It is winter. There be snow. I mean, Skilling would say no, not until December nineteenth or twentieth. That's the official start of winter. But like, yo. Hey, there's snow. Come on, guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, lots to do on the show today. A little bit later, we're going to be talking about uh, an event that has a lot of meaning to it. And we're going to be talking about uh, talking with an organization that's doing a lot of really impactful work around suicide prevention and uh, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be uh, things that are happening right here in, in Chicago area and around the country mm-hmm. uh, coming up a little bit later on the program. But right now we are joined by phone with by comedian Michael Ian Black who is here with us. Hello. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on your radio program. <laughs> yes. Well, we uh, we appreciate you being with us today. So for uh, uh, everyone out there, Michael is a... Uh, Everybody knows A him. tremendous comedian. Stop. I know, I know. I'm just giving a couple details here. and uh, uh, But one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today is I, I've, I've noticed a, in the Trump uh, era here, often we see uh, people who are comedians and generally predominantly funny, switching into slightly more serious uh, modes to deliver messages about some of the very serious issues that we're confronting as a nation. Uh, You've done it in your Twitter feed. Uh, Just the other day, Andy Richter had a very good uh, Twitter thread talking about how ridiculous the uh, use of Chicago as a a cudgel against gun control is. And uh, uh, we had um, 
uh, late night talk show hosts have sometimes broken in and done really, I think, amazing jobs of, of outlining issues like healthcare and, and things that really matter to people. So I just wanted to kind of get your take, Michael, about the the what some of this has done, I guess, to, to comedy and, and how this is, uh, you know, why you think we're seeing some comedians take this stuff on and, and really embrace uh, some more serious subjects and, and very effectively, I think. I can tell you that I'm unbearable on Twitter. <laughs> I can I cannot deal with myself even a little bit. I am such a nagging scold that I, I hate it. But uh, at the same time, and I, I, I suspect some of the other comedians feel the way I do, it's like you can't help yourself. Uh, just as a human being, when you find something so repugnant going on around you and to your nation, uh, one feels obligated to speak out. And, and I think it's frustrating for maybe comedians in particular because there's an expectation that we're always on or we're always going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I understand if you're paying uh, $150 to come see me perform, and incidentally, nobody has ever paid $150 <laughs> to see me perform. That was an aspirational quote. Yes, I guess, uh, hey, was, shoot for the stars. That was me saying one day, one day. Putting shoot, out there. Shoot for the stars, man. Yeah, it'll, yeah I'll, I'll be like at the garden and there'll be the Eagles prices. But right now, let's say it's 25 bucks to perform. And I understand there's an expectation that I'm going to be funny, and I would have that expectation. But Twitter in particular is a free platform mm-hmm. for people to say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so I, for people such as myself, we feel, or I feel, to be funny. And when people tell me my job is to be funny, uh, one of the great uh-oh. Sorry, we're having a little technical difficulty there. Hold on just a second. Oh. <laughs> Go stand by the window. Do, do the thing you were doing a minute ago. You're breaking up just a I'm tiny bit. The window. Watching planes take off and land. Oh, there we go. There you go. Well, who can blame you for that? Well, you know what I wonder is, you know, it seems like comedy has long reacted to 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 truths and to events and to to things that are sometimes hard to stomach. And sometimes I think the most powerful comedy is is one that's almost therapeutic, right? Because it's like calling out the elephant in the room and it's a thing we need to laugh about. Is it is it partly rooted in that or do you do you see that maybe the political climate right now is shifting uh, is shifting comedy right now in, in a more permanent way? I don't think anything is permanent in comedy. Um, part of the joy of comedy is that for it to work, it has to surprise people. So when it gets into a rut, uh, something new comes along to refresh it. But I do think in the current political climate, more comedians are feeling emboldened to speak out. Um, if for no other reason, then their audiences are thinking about this stuff in a way that uh, maybe they hadn't before and with a prevalence that they hadn't before. No matter which side of the debate you're on, uh, the, 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 the politics in this country is so in your face right now. Um, maybe that's a reflection of the person in charge of politics in this country. But it forces, I think, everybody to kind of think about, digest, and form opinions uh, about what's going on. And a comedian, I think, 
generally is just maybe a step ahead of that curve and is expressing things that people maybe maybe having a hard time articulating themselves. Well, I also, in a strange way, I feel like so much of what's happening right now is just it's bizarre and 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 a lot of people i mean the the speed at which it's happening and the things that are happening and the things that this country is suddenly sort of exposed to and is tolerating in 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 political circles are are it's so ridiculous that in some ways i think that comedians are very good uh messengers because (laughs) they they're used to uh, uh taking you know absurd concepts and 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 stuff so i almost feel like in some ways uh funny people are kind of the perfect people to weigh in right yeah exactly they're they're helping now well, look like. there's no question that we're the real heroes yes <laughs> you're so brave <laughs> yeah we, we really are so brave um it is it, it, what's funny about it is the absurdity of life has far outpaced anything that comedians i think normally would think to even do that real life reads like satire and so in a weird way, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make fun of the thing that is already so bizarre that it would it would feel unbelievable a year ago. Um, and so, I think comedians are, are often in a, in a situation where we have to figure out new angles to just point out the surreal nature mm-hmm. of the life that we're living. Yeah, yeah. Well, you wrote a children's book called "A Child's First Book of Trump," and that uh, I did. And that came out, that's been out for a bit now, if I remember correctly. I don't know if that's it been came any... out right before the Republican convention. Right, okay. So that's been... August of yeah. 2016. So, yeah, that's interesting because I, of course, have read that many times to my children before bed <laughs> so yeah. that they are properly prepared for this world. But no, but it was. They're properly terrorized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that was, a, I mean, what I thought was interesting about that book, it's, it's, a, it's written in a. Um, it's just it's really charming and the the illustrations are great and but it's also it is it's addressing this kind of holy cow what are we dealing with here uh nature which i think a lot of kids have certainly picked up on um from whether it's just from their parents conversations or or what have you so i i felt like the book was it was very funny but it was also uh a good a kind of a good thing at trying to break things down to children a little bit how uh, I mean, it, you did it back then. I mean, it, it, probably not knowing exactly how well that would hold up at this point, I imagine, still. No, that's been a, uh, a terrible surprise. Um, <laughs> what's, what surprised me about that book, A, a Child's Book of Trump, was that I, although it's called that, it was clearly meant for adults. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, intend it for it to be, I didn't intend for it to be an actual children's book. And yet, um, I, I have heard from readers that their kids really like it oh, yeah. um, because it, 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 it presents this kind of um, ogreish creature uh, that would be familiar in any children's book um, and, and talks about how to confront it or deal with it. And, and, and I just didn't anticipate that it would, actual, it would have actual resonance for kids, but it does. And that's, that's been a kind of a wonderful surprise for me. So, uh, you know, I, I said earlier about how, how it seems like so much of comedy comes from truth and comes from sometimes painful things and calling out the elephant in the room. Do you feel as a comedian or, or perhaps do you get the sense from other comedians that you know that you, beyond just um, calling out the elephant in the room, do you, have a, do you feel like you have a responsibility to address political topics and some of the absurdity of it in your comedy? 
Are you asking about Louis C.K.? I was not prepared <laughs> to talk about Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't even gone there yet, actually. Um, I, I, do, I do feel a responsibility to talk about whatever is um, if only because I, I, I just sort of feel like that's my job. Mm-hmm. And my job is not to my job could could be to say things, and I do that too. But there's, I think there's a deeper a comedian has herself, which is just to reveal what's going on with that person in a funny, hopefully relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Certainly. And no, we were not going to put you on the spot. About no, Louis yeah, C. we're saving Louis C.K. for later. <laughs> yeah, we're saying we're saving that for we second a, hour. We've got a, we, have well, a, we have plenty planned for that. <laughs> yeah. well, I should. Oh, you cut out again. Oh. I guarantee you, he was about to say something very, very I, brilliant, and his phone has just cut out. Again. I think this is the Russians. I really. This is don't. It. Yeah. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you just fine. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. It was a joke about putting my pants back on, and it was very funny. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I can tell. I can tell now how very funny that it was. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much, comedian Michael Ian Black, for being for being with us today. I really appreciate you joining us. Everybody, follow this man on Twitter. Very oh, funny man on Twitter. Yes, follow him for sure. He's, regardless of what he says, he's uh, delightful. And uh, also, I'm, and I'm just going to throw this out as well. Michael does a podcast um, called How to Be Amazing, and it is really outstanding. I mean, it's a, it interviews with fascinating people and uh you know very uh sort of uh really makes you think about things and it goes in depth with with people who do interesting fascinating things and who are really good at the things they do so it's uh you should check well, that thanks, out Rick. that's very nice yeah no i really appreciate it. yeah no i i enjoy it a great deal it's and almost as good as our podcast yes my wife loves the podcast too my <laughs> <Jack> wife <laughs> yes well thank you so yeah, much that's, that's, oh yeah my pleasure thanks for having me guys all right thanks take so care much. mark all right i I, I cringe when when phones break up. Yeah, I know that was because yeah. he was like, like making he was making good points and it was like uh, 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 it's yeah. that ah oh, bummer. It's the Trump technology admin- bites us. It's the Trump administration, I'm telling you, they sabotaged it. <laughs> come on now, <laughs> fake news. Anyway, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna keep talking a little bit about comedy and the role of satire. I think that's a really important and interesting and very rich topic. Seven twenty WGN. It's Amy Good and Rex Huffy. We're in for John Williams with you till 3 o'clock. Thanks for being with us today. Hope you are staying warm wherever you are listening from. From where you listen. That's what I should have said. That, yeah, good time. So we were just talking with comedian Michael Ian Black, who is a very funny man. Very funny. With a bad phone connection, but a very funny yeah. man nonetheless. Well, it that's happens. okay. It does happen. Indeed. It happens yeah. to lots when of you're, When you're trying to get big, important people, you... Uh, Sometimes have to. Sometimes uh, you're like, okay, whatever. Whatever yeah. your phone wants to do is yeah. fine. It was nice of him to spend some time with us. Yeah. I appreciated that. Very funny. If you are a Twitter user, he, he's very, very funny on Twitter. I highly recommend you follow him right away if you're not doing so already. But we were talking with him about how comedians are taking on more of a um, kind of like a political commentator and pundit role more and more. Um, it's not brand new that that's happening, but but certainly in a bigger, more visible way because of social media. Mm-hmm. We see our, you know, our comedians and our actors and, mm-hmm. and, and other public figures um, yeah. taking on big, big political stuff. Now, sometimes it's kind of 
It's interesting, right? Because sometimes you see a celebrity taking on a cause mm-hmm. and using their platform, like like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's like taking on a bunch of stuff, like Matt Damon taking on a bunch of stuff. Like right. there's all these like big A list actors that you know take on like Ashley Judd has taken on lots of tech issues and yeah, yeah. and and civility online things like that. So there's that like using your you know admitting like hey I've got this big platform I'm going to use it for good. But but this is more like in the day to day work of being a comedian, which yeah. I think is really interesting. And they're acting like I'm sorry, they're acting like journalists in a lot of ways. I mean, they're re- you, you see them when you look at what like Jim, the columnist part anyway, not the reporter. Right, right, yeah, right. But yeah. but but in terms of the information that they're gathering, I mean, when Jimmy uh, Kimmel uh, went into talking about health care and really really took on the the you know attempts to repeal Obamacare, he was coming hard with facts. He wasn't just spouting yeah. an opinion, and and that you know I think that really resonated with a lot of people. Um, Truth. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've mentioned, I always like mention Dave Chappelle when I think about satire because he did it so well. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it'd be really interesting to see, you know, if Dave Chappelle still had a show like he used to um, <laughs> now in, the, in this current political climate, I think it'd be really interesting to see what he would be taking on because he had, you know, the, what's, what's brilliant at satire and especially his brand of it is that he could get people to talk about really powerful things without even realizing he didn't come in and say, I would like to talk to you about race. He would just he did the the sketch about the like the KKK leader who was blind and did Didn't not really. know that he wasn't a white guy. Right. right yeah. And it suddenly like Monday at the water cooler, a lot of people were having really heavy conversations about race without even realizing they were stepping into this big topic. Right. So I think yeah. that's, you know, what's really powerful about satire. So. I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that its ability to um, get people to a place comfortably uh, to, to an uncomfortable place comfortably nailed it that's yeah. exactly the way to think about it nice. it's interesting yeah good job all right mike I've, I've earned my uh i've earned my keep for uh, for the day that's awesome <laughs> good job no i do and i think what we were talking about with michael too is you know it's just so interesting that the um the absurdity of the moment that we're in is in some ways best when it's filtered through someone who's used to dealing with the with absurd. absurdity yeah, yeah exactly. i thought that was a really funny point for sure mm-hmm. all right well we got to take a little break get you the news all that good stuff back in just a bit here on 720 wgn Amy Guth, Rex Huffy, in for John Williams today. Start that dead air moment. I was taking a breath. Technical difficulties, all the things. Anyway, you know, before we, we still have a lot to talk about, but before we do, I want to remind you, we because we are in for John Williams today, I've got to remind you that Libertyville is the next stop on the WGN Radio Hometown Voices Tour that is presented by Allstate. And if you would like to join up with that, uh, the next one is Friday, November 17th. That's coming up. That's right around the corner here. Uh, from noon to 3 at Mickey Fenn's Brewery at 345 North Milwaukee Avenue. You can join for a live broadcast. First up is Steve Bertrand with the business lunch and then John Williams, one to three. And of course, with Thanksgiving fast approaching, that will give you a chance to win stuff from Baker Square that will all kind of good stuff like that. And you can visit the events page at WGNRadio.com for details. The WGN Radio Hometown Voices Tour is presented by Allstate Chicago's Good Hands. Just wanted to mention that. Mm. Meet up with John Williams and Steve Bertrand, maybe all that good some, stuff. Maybe get some pie. Yeah, that's win-win for everybody. It's pie really. season, man. <laughs> right, meet people, get dessert. It's all good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about, Rex. We need hours. We do. It's not fair. How can we possibly be, can, be contained 
to a mere two hours. Uh, Some listeners like, please, <laughs> God, get them off of there. I, I weep for Chicago the, and what they're missing out the on. The vaudeville hook, like, get them away. <laughs> Put them back to the podcast where I can turn it away. You've done plenty. Anyway, you know what? Um, so before the news, we were talking with comedian Michael Ian Black, and we were talking about how comedy is really taking this role of kind of calling out the elephant in the room when it comes to a lot of stuff politically. Um and we also talked about talked about a little bit about how it's, we're kind of in this moment where suddenly there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of allegations swirling, and they're they're kind of building on each other. A little bit of the narrative is like, oh, suddenly you know one woman says something, so now all these women. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's real. You, it's very difficult to be the first person to speak up about something, but once other people start to, then you feel safer to do so. But one of the most underplayed parts of this, as far as I'm concerned, is how difficult it is for a woman to step forward or a man for anybody to step forward with a harassment with a harassment Mm -hmm. and and the idea that there is some huge benefit to doing that you know which is i think is ridiculous i mean the 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 the, already when it comes to the alabama senate candidate u.s senate candidate roy moore who we were talking about earlier already people are going after the women that the washington post identified who told their stories they're being doxxed on Twitter. They're, yeah, you know, sure. and, and so this is no joke, and it isn't anything well, that's ever taken lightly. No, and I, I think people right away will be like, mm, gold digger. Right. Look, I, I know a ton of women who have, who have gone to HR departments to say, look, something happened, and it's not cool. Mm-hmm. It's not appropriate. And had no, I'll say I'm one of them. I've done that. Not here. Certainly not here. But at, at another place I worked, I absolutely went to HR and said, look, there is – a colleague here who is in a position of power and is being really inappropriate. Again, that was not here. Just so we're clear, that was not here. Uh, but I, 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 no part of me was there to like sue anybody, and I didn't sue anybody. I was just like, this is not cool. Right. This is making people uncomfortable. Yeah. It's and here's the thing: it impacts your career when you're like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to a meeting with that creep. I'm not. Ooh, there. I'm not going to be in that elevator with that creep, especially when said creep is the gatekeeper to your success, mm-hmm. is the person who's writing your review. And if you, you know, if you turn them in HR, if even if you say like, look, I don't, I don't want to make this a thing. I just want it on your radar. Even then, that person has to get talked to. Yeah, and, totally. And there will be ramifications later for you. Yeah. It is illegal for there to be ramifications for you later, but nonetheless, they will happen. Mm-hmm. You'll just find yourself like getting cut out of meetings, like stuff like that. It, it, it happens. It's happened a million times. I think, I, I, I want to say every woman I know, but not every woman I know, but certainly I know more women with that story than, I, I maybe know two women that in the last couple of months have said, you know, honestly, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Ever. And that's the thing is that right now, I mean, anybody, any, especially any man who is, reading all of this news and and somehow i just got an email from a reader off a column i wrote on this subject mm-hmm. saying like ah women all lie blah blah if you're <laughs> saying that you need to check yourself and you need to take several steps backwards and yeah. and look i mean you know what and is it doesn't it? hurt you to give someone the benefit of the doubt right exactly and and why women would you, lie what why would you not want to make yourself better why would you not want to check yeah and make sure Okay, am I doing anything to not necessarily am I engaging in this kind of behavior myself? Although that's a good question to ask. But step one, right? Am I doing this? Right. Am I, am I one of these horrible people? <laughs> right. Uh, but also, are you permitting that yeah. kind of behavior yeah. to go on? Are you not being a good advocate for other people in the workplace who might be getting harassed? Are you just are you saying, oh, that's just guy talk, blah blah blah, or right. whatever? Stop it. I mean, you know, if you can't look at what's happening right now and recognize the scope of this problem. 
And if you and I want look, I'm not saying that every allegation that's out there against everybody. Wow, you feel so strongly. You yeah, just I just knocked over my water, water over. I'm like, Woo. stand back, everybody. I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing things. But no, I get this. It just makes me as a as a man, it makes me very angry because this the 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 defensive stance that so many men take uh, is is ridiculous. And and again, lot, and I don't know what it's what it's for. Right, you lose nothing. Right? right, all the worst that happens is you you make yourself a better person and you make people around you better. Right, is so, it that threatening to say, okay, maybe I could right check myself here? Maybe there are right, or even just you know what, maybe this this is going on to the extent that it appears to be going on, and maybe I should give a darn about that because mm-hmm. uh, you know I want to be a good human being, and and so it, it, yeah, people need to men especially need to look at what's happening right now. Stop trying to kick into denial mode. So, you know. Uh, recognizing what's happening now and taking it seriously does not mean that you're saying every single allegation out there is is true but if you look at what's happening right now with harvey weinstein with louis ck with roy moore what you name it on and on and on bill o'reilly it's not an ideological thing it's not a political thing it's people from all over the place uh on all different sides of of politics and whatnot and the media uh <laughs> they're, they're, you cannot say this is not a problem it's too much and so you have to take it seriously, I think. And, and I really would like to see more men, you know, standing up and, and rather than trying to defend it, saying, OK, what do we do now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a good. Should start. I knock my water bottle over again? Yeah, if you, that was good. That was like, I mean, you Dang. like had your arms flying. It was good. Well, I just I really struggle with that. I don't understand what what is to gain by being defensive about. I don't know that I've if, never if you that. if your conscience is clear and you're like, I've never done that, then why would you be defensive about that? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I honestly, I don't. And I'm not trying to put myself out there as oh, I'm some great dude or whatever. Nah, you you're know, okay. But uh, it's not that. It's just I, I really legitimately don't understand. Wh- I mean, to me, that's a, it's a matter of just sort of basic humility. That right. If something is going wrong, one Why of the first things. Right. Right. One of the first things I'm asking is, okay, wait, am I doing something? Am I participating? Right. And it's in not necessarily just with her, right. Not necessarily with harassment. Like if I'm in a, if I'm working with a team, if I'm working with other reporters on a project, and we're all bickering a little bit, and things aren't going as well as they should be. Sure. One of the first things I'm checking is, okay, wait, am I being, am I, being am, the, am I the problem here? <laughs> right. And if not, then I'm trying to talk to everybody. You know, you want to, maybe that's we all have you... different expectations. What's going on here? Right, right. you have yeah. to communicate a little bit. Right, and and a little like footnote I would put on this is sometimes I, I hear kind of a um, like this tendency for for and this doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes I hear it and it seems so funny to me uh, when, when a guy will go. Uh, well, yeah, this is important because because I I have a daughter or I, I have a wife. I have a, like here's the thing: you don't actually have to have ever even met a woman in your life mm-hmm. to to not want women harassed and mistreated. That's yes. the thing. You you could have never spoken right. to a woman outside of like the you know maybe you interacted with your mother for a second when you were born and then you never interacted with another woman again in your life. It's still okay for you to care whether or not women are treated badly. Right, that's ridiculous. It's like saying I, I, I'm ambivalent about dog abuse because I own a cat. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Like, you don't, right? Like, or, like you don't have to... Pos- you, don't. you don't have to be... You don't have to say I identify with the, right. this group, therefore I am allowed to have an opinion. You're a human and you're allowed to have an opinion, but, like, why well, just don't understand why be defensive? Okay, yeah. we're going to take a little break. Rex is going to take up. his breath, catch a breath, flip over <laughs> another water bottle... Put out another PSA or something like that. (laughs) We'll be back in just a bit. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for John Williams. Back in just a moment on 720 WGN. 
720 WGN. Hello there. It's Amy Guth and Rex Huffy in for John Williams today with you till 3 o'clock. So many things, Rex. So many things to talk about. I wish we had hours. We need a marathon. I just looked at my phone for 12 seconds and I was like, oh my gosh, there's five more things to talk about. Yeah, that's the way the world goes these days. (laughs) Yes. Well, we were just talking about, uh, barely scratching the surface, I should add. Uh, We were talking about um, how many, um, you know, sexual misconduct, sexual assault and sexual harassment cases have really erupted just in the last couple of months and how, you know, it sometimes takes that one person to come forward to make other people feel comfortable coming forward. Um, We got a lot of texts about that. Um, You know, some, uh, lots of, that's a, that's a hot button topic that that brings out a lot of feelings for a lot of people. Um, I just send a, want to send a little bit of love to a texter from the 847 area code. Um, There, you know, this, this issue, this topic impacts a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And uh, sometimes this, there, there, you know, there are people that never came forward and they had their reasons for doing so. And, and, you know, everybody deals with things like this in different ways. So uh, something we will talk about plenty more uh, on our podcast, Guth and Hupke on politics. You can find that at WGN plus. Um, mostly I say I'm sending you there, not, not, not just to plug the podcast. I'm sending you there because we go in depth on, on a lot of these topics. Also, we, you know, swear a little bit sometimes because it goes right to the website. Yeah, there are some <laughs> naughty words mixed in. It's earmuffs for the kids on, <laughs> yeah. on our show, for sure. Uh, so, you know, this is a topic that sometimes you need to emote yes. and say a word. There is, there is many. You think it Like, was, darn it. Yes. Yeah, Dang. things like that. So anyway, um, but Shoot. we're going to talk a little more in depth about uh, about this topic, particularly around Louis C.K. Uh, but you know what? The rate we're going, because we, we do that show on Wednesdays, there will be someone else to add oh, to that I list. Yeah, I just said that pile. Yeah, that, right. That pile of... Pond scum pile there, right? Well, someone will be added to that pile before Wednesday. I guarantee. Yes, yes, a hundred percent with you on that. Okay, but there, um, there are we like balance, not just the work life balance. (laughs) There's lots of there's lots of like tough topics in the world, and and they weigh on us. But sometimes there are very lovely things we certainly want to highlight also, and and people doing good things in the world. One of those people is Rex Hupke. Tell us more, Rex. Okay. Well, actually, it's not me doing it, but it's me reporting on it in my column uh, anyway. And this is, honestly, this has been one of, over the, in a year of just, woo, holy cow, uh, right. you know, craziness, uh, this is one of the things that has um, truly- uh, It's been a nice made, little light. Made me happy. Yes, yeah. it's been a light. It's, it's It's just been a reminder, and I think we need this on a regular basis now, a reminder of how- truly good most people in this country are um and so i wrote a while back about a uh, the owner of a dairy queen out in naperville it started off as a as a complete goof i had suggest i had written a column about ice cream and because i had suggested you're like pledging your love to yes, ice cream i love ice cream and i had suggested that dairy queen name me an ambassador <laughs> of ice cream for america and uh it seemed like a good idea and sure enough this na- this naperville dairy queen said hey would you like to be our ambassador and i said yes would I? <laughs> so of course i would i picture that playing out like the kool-aid man like through the wall right like i'm here i got here as quick yeah. as i could so, oh, 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 thank yeah. you but uh, anyway, so honored, of course, as sure. I was. But then I, I sort of dug into the, the owner and, and found that uh, several years ago, she had lost a young man who worked for her. Uh, he had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And so she had dedicated herself to raising awareness of youth suicide. 
And she had, you know, we put all all kinds of pamphlets and information in the store and really encouraging parents to talk to their kids, all this stuff. And she started a fundraiser every year, a golf outing she would do. And she raised thousands of dollars, I mean, a lot of money for different organizations that um, promote suicide awareness and, and prevention. And there are many, and we're going to be talking with one. Yes, yeah, we're going to be talking with one in a uh, bit Hope for the day right after the 2.30 news break. Correct. Uh, So anyway, but in the process of of reporting this all out, I found that uh, the owner uh, has cancer and uh, found out last November and uh, has been fighting that um, and did not have the energy, really. The person who named you the ambassador. Correct, yeah. The owner of the Dairy Queen uh, was unable to do the fundraiser she always does this year. So I wrote a follow-up. I wrote a column, and I talked about that, because this wasn't about me being an ambassador. This was about an interesting story. Right, about a good person who was having a battle of her own now. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that column ran, uh, I was contacted by a lot of people, both in Naperville and from all over, who wanted to do something and wanted to help. And now, this Sunday, at the uh, Dairy Queen on Wherley Road in Naperville, 1817 Wherley Road, there is going to be an event uh, to raise money for uh, the Dairy Queen owner's favorite cause, which is, you know, to help with youth suicide. Uh, They're raising money for the organization, Hope for the Day. And um, uh, it's just going to be a cool... uh, It's amazing what they've done. They've got got, uh, the mayor of Naperville's coming out. They've got... Uh, Boy Scout troops, a bunch of different Boy Scout troops doing a flag ceremony. They've got singers from the Naperville uh, Naperville High School and all these kids coming in. And it's just, it blew me away. I mean, it is just awesome. These people came together. Not, uh, you know, there were a few organizers, but then the whole community just kind of said, okay, let's do this thing. And so they're having this event. It's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in Naperville in the parking lot of this Dairy Queen. It's going to be cold, but who cares? Uh, Tom Skilling's going to be there. WGN's Tom Skilling's going to be there. He's going to talk a little bit. And it's just, you know, it's awesome. And they're, you know, they're raising money. They're also trying to raise awareness. They're also showing their love for uh, Karen Maloney, who's the owner of the Dairy Queen, uh, and all she's done for the community over the years. And it just, like I said, I mean, it's those kind of things in those moments when you see uh, people just sort of drop everything and say, okay, here's the thing. We need to fix it. And you kind of, they open a door and people just sort of rush in. And it's great. And it really just, it, it, it. Not just for this event, but just in general, it, it, it restores your faith in humanity. I yeah, think. that's lovely. All because of ice cream. Look at all that happened. All because of I ice mean, cream. I mean, I joke, but really, yeah. like you wrote about ice cream <laughs> just, and look at all see, that happened as it, a result. It will save the world. I'm well, telling you. you. You've been saying this to me, but now I believe you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, really, that that's lovely that you use your column space to, you know, to talk about that and... Um, lovely that you've built that relationship with with um, you know this this woman who's doing so much for her community. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, look, I didn't, I, I just, I just told the story. That's yeah. all. I mean, I, these it's the people out in the community who have just, like I said, I mean, you know, they're hanging, they're going door to door, they're knocking on everybody's door, they're handing out flyers, they're doing all the, they got a stage and a tent, and they're, it's just awesome. I mean, it's really cool, and you know, you do see this. I mean, I know, like you've, you know, sometimes you, anything, anytime something bad happens, you see people come together. Look at the yeah. hurricanes and the right. wildfires, and it's just, it's great. I think when it counts, people are good. There is still good out there. It's it's the day-to-day stuff where I question. <laughs> yeah, right. There's still bad, too, but there's good. So every once in a while, we can look away from, like, the, the tire fire and go, like, oh, look, nice person over here. Okay, yeah. back to the tire yeah. fire. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to get to news. All that good stuff. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for John Williams back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. Twenty WGN. It's Amy Guth and Rex Hupke. 
In for John Williams with you till 3 o'clock. Thanks for being with us today. Always grateful to you for sharing part of your time with us. You know, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about this really, really uplifting event that's happening out in Naperville. And it really, and I'm saying this not to undermine the issue, but but really, it all started because Rex Hupke wrote about his his undying love of ice cream (laughs) and his devotion to it. And that resulted in, uh, you know, suggesting that that Dairy Queen should make him an ambassador. And that resulted in the Dairy Queen in Naperville in particular saying, well, come on out here and be an ambassador then. And it turns out that the owner of this Dairy Queen really does so much for the community. So we were just talking about this event uh, that's coming up on Sunday because um, in particular, she's done a lot to raise awareness around youth suicide prevention. Um, Before we get to our next guest, though, that woman's sister's on the phone. She wants to say hi. Hi, Colleen. You're on WGN. Well, hi. Hi, Mr. Ambassador. Hey, hey thank you. I appreciate the uh, honorarium. <laughs> so you are Karen's sister. You are the sister of That's the Dairy right. Queen owner. Okay. And so, That's right. And so you will be at the event on, on Sunday, I assume? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. been, it's so cool to watch. I mean, the, the, the effort that's been put into that is really, uh, really outstanding, it seems. Pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have done a lot of great work around it. So. And, and how lovely your you know your sister's doing so much work for the community, uh, especially you know while while fighting a battle of, battle of her own. Absolutely, yeah. And we wanted to really thank you for spreading the word to the larger community. She has kind of tapped out the audience in Naperville, and we've been trying <laughs> to figure out how to make that bigger. And so maybe this is a step in that direction. Yeah, I think. Well, look, I mean, it's uh, and as we're going to talk about in a minute here too. I mean, the issue of suicide and and suicide prevention is something that. Everybody needs to be talking about, not just in Naperville, but everywhere and uh, in schools and in homes. And so anything uh, that we can do, I think, to help spread that message is is a net positive for everyone. So, One of the interesting things is that in the, the three years that she's been doing this is we've been we've heard so many stories about somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. and nobody really talks about it until we opened up this forum in this really intimate way. Yeah. And it's really touched so many people. Yeah, right. It's uh, it, it is. It's. Uh, I mean, there, I, there are very few people who have not, in one way or another, been uh, impacted right. by suicide. And and I think that, uh, like like I said, it's uh, we've spent too much time trying to not talk about it or saying you, you absolutely know, you push it down. And I think it's important to get out there, talk about it, and, and make sure people uh, are and remove about the shame from this whole issue of depression and sadness exactly. and. And uh, let people have a space to talk about what they need to talk about. Yes. Truly. And let yeah, everybody so eat we... ice cream, too. That's, then, <laughs> and know. everybody eat ice cream, too. We love that. <laughs> lovely. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Colleen. It's lovely to talk with you, and, and we'll be sure to, to meet you on Sunday. You bet. We'll be, see you there. Thanks again. Take care, Colleen. Thanks so much. Well, how nice. Bye-bye. I love that. Yeah. Like, they, yeah, just a wonderful. Loop closed right yep. there. Look at that. Exactly. That's so nice. Such how how lovely. Family. Okay, so we've been talking about this event that's happening, and we want to um, shift a little bit. Joining us in studio right now is Johnny Boucher who, from Hope for the Day, which is a wonderful organization. I think it's probably the, I don't know, second or third, maybe 12th, 100th time that you and I have been on the air together, Johnny. I'm happy <laughs> yeah. to see you as always. Um, CEO, founder, chief boss man of all things at hope for Bill the day Payer. Yeah, right <laughs> shepherd Co- coffee goer <laughs> you, you know I, I go get coffee for everyone because 
I, uh, I, I don't believe that, you know, an intern or someone should have to go get someone coffee. Nice. That's good. Plus, I want to know how you take your coffee, too, because if you put stuff Because you're judging it, about it. <laughs> well, you know, once you start drinking the great coffee that, you know, we have with, uh, you know, with dark matter and you kind of get spoiled, you want to know why people want to put cream and sugar in there. But, hey, do you? You know, <laughs> as long as you get your coffee in the morning and get your day started, that's all that matters. Indeed. Okay. So, so tell us about Hope for the Day for, for those who maybe haven't heard of the organization yet. Yeah. No, uh, so, you know, Hope for the Day, we're a proactive suicide prevention and mental health education charity. We're based here in Chicago and um, really what we do is we aim to break the silence around mental health and suicide however that is because we know that when we break the silence we raise the visibility of resources and um, when you do it in creative ways too it, it invites people to the conversation around mental health and suicide that you know, instead of isolating them or making them feel alone, which un- unfortunately that's how it's been going on, but we use the cool things like we use music, the arts, health and wellness, pretty much anything to break that silence, but let people know that if they're struggling with anything in life, big or small, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And, and just our, our phrase, you know, our slogan, our motto that it's okay not to be okay is just so true. And it, and it reminds us of a feeling that we already know, that feeling of being like, ah, oh, you know, I'm cool, I'm content. And when we're not, you know, feeling that way, it's about finding that balance, you know, and, and addressing things before they get to a point of crisis. Because unfortunately, we only talk about suicide and mental health, on, you know, usually after a crisis has happened. Yeah. And, and then, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, it kind of gets swept away. So we got we to gotta make it cool, you know, to talk about, you know, what's going on. Because one thing we all have in common uh, – we have brains, you know, and that's really the stem well, of it all. Almost. Well, <laughs> it's how we use them is completely, uh, I you, like, you know. I feel like she's referring to me somehow, but I'm not sure. No. <laughs> she, looked, she looked at me, though. <laughs> No, no. Well, so I kid, but but I, I, you're absolutely right. And we're all in this, you know, human mess together. And yeah. and yet, I th- you know, somewhere it became cool to pretend like you don't care and pretend yeah. like you don't have feelings, pretend like I don't need anything, I'm an island. And, uh, you know, somewhere vulnerability became very uncool. Like you're not supposed to, you know, I was talking about this with a friend of mine and because she was talking about how difficult it is to make friends as an adult. Because when you were a kid, it was perfectly okay to go, oh, yeah. you're nice. Let's go play. Like, that's fine. You say that adult, you're going to get arrested. Right. <laughs> you know, it's super weird. You know, <laughs> like that's, you are very creepy. Not even a little bit, you know, but, but there's no, there's, it's, it's very different when you're an adult. You have to kind of play cool and, you know, certainly in, in, in any kind of relationship, but especially like a romantic one, you got to pretend like, man, I don't care. You're, you're okay, I guess, whatever. And, and so, so we're in this moment where vulnerability isn't cool. But the, the downside of that is that when you most need it, when you are in crisis, it's very difficult to, yeah. you know, if it's if it's hard to get through that kind of barrier on a good day, it's very hard to get through it on a bad day. A- absolutely. And that's where, you know, us being proactive, like people are like, so what's proactive prevention mean? And I'm like, well, it's it's building environments and equipping, you know, individuals and communities to, to talk about mental health before that point of crisis, you know, and and it, it's not just a buzzword. It's not a magic wand, um, you know, and, and what's really exciting about Sunday, you know, the man Tom Skilling, you know, <laughs> I was You're like, so awesome. Well, I was just like, yo, like hope for the day and WGN should collab on saying when the weather's going to be like grim, like, hey, today is going to be a little darker today. So make sure you keep, you know, pick yourself up and you know, remind yourself that, you know, it's, you know, every day is a new day, whether it's a good day or a bad day. And, and I really believe that 
being a Chicagoan is very funny, you know, because I bet today everyone's like snow, like and just going, you know, mm-hmm. AWOL on social media. It's like, well, we can't do anything about this. So we should enjoy it. We should embrace it. And that's just a little notation of like change and how hard it is for people to adapt. But, um, you know, we can't do anything about the weather, but we can, you know, prepare ourselves to weather the storms on the good days and bad days by just having these simple conversations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's being proactive. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And we we talked uh, for one of the columns about all of this, uh, about the importance of getting into schools yeah. and, and getting kids. Uh, I mean, it's important for parents to be talking about this, too, but also if you can get into schools, if you can start doing some of the proactive stuff you're talking about. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and about sort of the things you all do to, to help foster conversations? Yeah. You know, what we try to do is specifically here in America, we're seeing, a, you know, a 30-year spike when it comes to suicide, unfortunately. And where tragedy lies, opportunity exists as well. And, um, you know, we, we, we go into education systems and try to educate people on, this, you know, whether it's the smallest thing about, you know, just breaking the science or go in and do some mental health first aid training, which is a program that we offer because our two arm, arms of an organization are outreach and education. And I think that when we break the silence in the cool creative waves, whether it's through our coffee partnership, whether it's our beer partnership with Three Floyds, you know, working with Michelin star chefs. However, you know, like I said, it raises that visibility for those who are struggling, but then at the same time, it's an opportunity for education. And it's important to take that conversation into schools, but also make sure that we're nurturing the administration and and getting people prepared because every time I go to speak or one of our staff goes to speak at a school, it's like we just offer it up free opportunity to go talk about your feelings which is amazing and we see in a classroom of maybe 750 kids to a thousand kids 50 60 kids go all right so where's this counseling center at wow and 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 it's great but you know what we're seeing here in in cps alone you know with budgets being taken out for you know music and in in the arts the next are going on counseling so now we have principals who are under so much you know pressure to also be a counselor for all these students too so it's it's a multi you know tier thing but it's it's the difference between saying hey this is an issue or saying hey here's an action plan mm-hmm. and and that's really where we focus on you know partnering with schools and, and we're doing great work around the city DuPage County and and you know it's it's just proof that when, once we start talking about it, more people want to talk about it. And and this is the same reason when I tell people I started the organization. I've lost 15 people to suicide personally. I've, I've, I've had bad days. I've never struggled in a, in a way that I need to get like, clinically diagnosed or anything. But I recognize it. And if I've lost 15 people, I bet there's more people out there who have lost it. But there's also people who are struggling today that are, are possibly at a point where they, they may make an attempt. But by opening our mouths, the most simple thing. We can truly save lives, and with silence being the biggest obstacle, I'm I'm willing to do, and our organization is willing to yeah. do anything and work with anyone to break that silence. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something I want to back up to, and we, we have to take a break here in a second, but I, I don't want to let, let much time slide after you said this. You said 30-year spike in suicide. Why yeah. is that? Well, you know, things are things are just getting very real now, and... With the advancement in technology and social media, we've brought people together. We've isolated so many more people. And where we always feel like we got to be on, you were talking about being in a relationship, you know, and like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can pass things off. It's so important that we open up when those things happen and not try to always be on and just conceal it. Because we're all soda bottles. We're all, whether you're a Coke drinker or a Pepsi drinker or whatever, what have you, we're all 20 ounce bottles of soda and we all, t- you know, 
get hit and we the, all the little traumas that we experience every day build up and if we don't take that cap off to relieve that however to express ourselves whether it's talking about it seeking professional help doing yoga whatever it might be you're just holding it in and then the littlest thing causes a snap and unfortunately it's like zero to 60 now people are just like well i'm done with this and yeah you know it's sad sure. it's sad yeah, but we don't scary. have to be scared about this conversation right right, right 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 really really excellent work that your organization hope for the day is doing uh we're going to take a little break and we come back we're going to continue this conversation with johnny boucher ceo and founder hope for the day a suicide prevention and education organization back in just a bit amy guth and rex hupke here on 720 wgn we are joined in studio by our good friend johnny boucher who is the ceo and founder of hope for the day a really really wonderful organization we're talking about this event that's happening on Sunday that really was a, a very cool string of events that, that really, it started with ice cream. It's now, it's culminated into this giant fundraiser uh, in Naperville and awareness building and all that. Yeah, and there, just a, a one more reminder on that. Uh, the, this event that we've been talking about is Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, at the Dairy Queen parking lot at 1817 Wherley Road in Naperville. And uh, it's all kinds of stuff going on. It's going to be really cool. I think uh, they're raising money for Hope for the Day, yes. which is one of the organizations that uh, Karen, the owner of the Dairy Queen, who I've written about, uh, has long raised money for and worked with. And uh, also, if you aren't in Naperville or near there or can't get there, uh, they did set up, the organizers set up a website at uh, dillybar.org, uh, which redirects to um, Hope for the Day's website. And anyway, so check it all out. It's cool stuff. And for a great cause. Yes, indeed. big time. So yeah. we were talking a little bit, Johnny, about uh, the, about the organization and, and the work that you do. Um, and I was really, really struck by, you know, that number that you gave that we're at this 30-year spike in suicides. Mm. Is there a particular age group or is seeing that more than another or are we seeing that more male than female? Or, or who is being impacted the most by that? Well, I, you know, when you, when you look at it as a whole, <clears throat> you know, it's – it's interesting when people are like, well, you know, the LGBTQ community is getting impacted or the veterans, you know, these things that we hear a lot and it being veterans, you know, day mm-hmm. or honored veterans. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. I was having a conversation. I was like, is today observed day and then tomorrow is real Veterans Day? I was just I was curious. But it doesn't it, what the thing is, the thing that it is, is that, you know, right now in America, every day on average is 121 people, you know, taking their life and. When you think about that, you know, we're sitting here, there's 121 people here, and it, instantly they're, they're gone. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's amazing. Um, yeah. But, you know, suicide continues to be the second leading cause of death of, you know, 15 to 24-year-olds. Um, we are seeing that, that, you know, that 20 to 22 uh, veteran or, or military personnel a day. But, you know, when you think about just this number of 121 people, it's, it's terrifying because that's 44,000 people. You know, every year just here in America, Jeez. and they add to the eight hundred thousand that we lose. You know, we, we lose uh, globally, and that's why you know our, our work is it's just so important to do it as much as we can and wherever we can, um, because it's it's one thing about mental health in, in in general is it doesn't matter where you were raised, who your parents were, whether you came from wealth or you were poor. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter um, because it doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. It literally, you could be having the best days and then tomorrow you're going to wake up and just, you know, be in this funk and be like, well, I, I don't know what's going on, you know, but it's, it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to ask these questions. Um, but, you know, you're, you see the stats, you know, that females, com- you, you know, attempt more, males complete more, mm-hmm. masculinity, there's so many, you know, things that go into that. But at the end of the day, um, one's, Way too many. 
Sure. And 121 is way too many. Yeah. Um, but it, we we need to see the harsh reality of like what does 121 people lined up, you know, on Michigan Avenue look like, and then yeah. them disappear. That's that's what happens every day here, um, and it's because. People just, they, they're not comfortable with talking about it. We've we've told, you know, people that they can't be, you know, don't be a sissy, you right. know, stuff right. like that, right. where, you know, what we're trying to do is just, we're trying to meet people where they're at and not shame them for what they're going through. And also remind people that, you know, it's not, you know, mental illness is not a personal failure. Right. No, right. You know, you could have been born with this stuff and you just didn't even know it. And then, you know eventually your parents get comfortable enough because they're like all right well we should tell you that you know aunt sue right had this and you're like well why didn't you tell, tell me, me. Yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. and that's why the work that you're doing is really so important and and i know you you do it around the world and you work with so <laughs> many organizations unfortunately we are, we are running out of time we got to get people to news and check in on that weather and all that stuff but where can people go to learn more about the really important work that hope for the day is doing so you can easily google whatever search browser you like uh hope for the day you can go to hftd.org um you know but at, at the end of the day whether you want to get involved on the small level or the big level there's so many opportunities i mean we're opening up the world's first coffee shop that 100 percent of the proceeds support suicide prevention and mental health education in logan square in the spring and it's fueled by our friends at dark matter coffee and it's going to be offering programming um you know resources just it's going to be a beacon and there's many places we can turn these beacons into and and just the work that we're doing with Karen Maloney alone it just shows that how one person can impact so much yeah. and like we said earlier she's battling her own fight right now right. and it's not getting in the way and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Everybody can do something. And Absolutely. Lovely We're in this that. together, you know? Yeah, big indeed, time. indeed. So everybody, again, that's hftd.org. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll be sure and tweet out that organization. And you can also find it on the WGN Radio page when you, uh, you can go back later and find the podcast of this show, and we'll be sure and put a link there so you can connect with that organization. Johnny Boucher, thank you so much for being yeah, with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. I can't wait to have ice cream with everyone on Woo! Sunday. That's right. Yes. That's right. For such a good cause. All right. Amy Guth, Rex Hufke. Uh, we're going to turn things over here in just a bit. But first, we're going to check in with news, go to break, all that good stuff. Back in just a moment here on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Okay, that does it for us. Amy Guth and Rex Hupke in for John Williams. We will be back on Black Friday. Yes, doing some shopping. Doing, talking about the shopping anyway. I'm but doing it, shopping. Okay. From here. You'll, I don't know how. I'm going to figure it out. Okay, I'll be doing a show. You'll be doing some things on Amazon. But Ro Khan is here. I'm all about the Amazon. I'm, it's, I've decided that's going to change everything. Although, I did, you know, I'm like, I'm in like the depths of my own, like, trying to figure out what's happened to my little world. You know, it's taken about 12 months to get over this, and I'm still not over it. But I found something really interesting that we're going to talk about coming up in the program, which is... Uh, I don't know if uh, people notice it that uh, Steve Bannon made a speech. I think in New Hampshire last sure night, did. right? Sure uh, did. Like at a dinner, and he talked to you know about uh, the the uh, Judge Moore situation, and he said, "Isn't it interesting that the Bezos Amazon Washington Post?" Yeah, right. He's they're they're saying that Bezos Amazon Washington Post came up with the story, part of the liberal media conspiracy. Blah 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 blah. Well, turns out Amazon is up for a gigantic contract with the United States government. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, Trump has done that too. He's yeah, uh, yeah he's labeled him that way. Yeah. yeah. So now you got this. So it's interesting. I just think uh, it's kind of fascinating what's going on around so here. So many tangled webs. Yes. And one has we've won when them. <laughs> for, I think you know what I mean. Poor webs. Too All right. Richard Roper is going to be with us. Uh, he's got all. Oh, he saw. He actually saw the movie. None of us will get to see. 
Oh, the Louis C.K. The Louis C.K. movie. And he's going to share with us his thoughts on why they made a really, really, really brilliant decision not to put that movie out. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, oh, and Kristen Ritter's going to be here. I don't know if you're familiar with Kristen Ritter. Uh, If you're, uh, if you've ever seen uh, any of her fine work, she's now one of the Marvel superheroes. She's Jessica Jones. Uh, she's going to be joining us as well. Oh, so that's awesome. We'll I love it. Yeah, Jessica Jones is fantastic. Yes. It's a great show. Yeah, so there you go. Cool. 